we have uh, Chris and Dominic and Julia in Panama with uh, the Awakening and uh, the, the Pacific West team. Uh, they're uh, ministering in Panama today and will be there all week long. And uh, let's bless them right now. How about that? All right. Father, we bless this team in the name of Jesus. We're so thankful for what you've done in, in our, our uh, young people, Lord, and in, in the, these students that have gone and the leaders that are escorting them in Panama and the churches and the, the environments that are receiving them so that they can do great exploits and works of ministry. So we bless them. Let anything complicated just work itself out and, and meet all their needs, Lord Jesus, and, and just may they get an extra dose of the anointing and and, uh, and we give you praise for that. Now I want you all to pray about something else too. Max asked Julia to preach while she's in Panama. This will be her first time. So Lord, we bless the word of the Lord in Julia's mouth that she would preach with, uh, with great authority. Lord Jesus, that she would not preach like it's her first time, but that she would preach uh, like the anointing that has been cultivated in her life uh, is resonant with maturity. So we bless her in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're so excited about all that. I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. Amen. Rachel's coming to remind me. Okay. If you're going to the Grizzly game, most of you young people know about this. This is open to the church, not just the youth, but that's July 8th, and those tickets need to be paid for today. And so Joy, uh, Rachel will be back there. Joy won't be back there. She's in Panama. Rachel will be back there. <clears throat> if you see Joy, we'll pray over you. Um, <laughs> Rachel will be back there to receive your, your uh, money for tickets. And uh, just take your whole family and go out there. And, and uh, with the purchase of that ticket, you get a field level reserve ticket, a wild water adventure pass, and a Blackbeard's uh, miniature golf pass, and a hot dog and a soda. So you can't beat that. And uh, so go to the Grizzlies game uh, on July 8th and, and pay for those tickets today. Uh, the other thing that I do need to mention, I just all of, all of this week's activities are, are set aside. There's no schedule here at Church of Living Water this week. You spend time with your family, celebrate the 4th. Um, the fireworks booth, we rented that space out this year. We were supposed to have a fireworks booth, and the Lord uh, set me free from that. Thank you, Jesus. And so those folks out there, that is, uh, where's my wife? She knows the name. What's the name of that? Uh, those folks that are running the fireworks booth, he told me, and it slipped my mind. Second Chance Ministries, they minister to men coming out of prison, and when they called me to introduce themselves and to thank me for uh, letting them use, have use of our uh, parking lot, he prayed with me over the phone and blessed Church of Living Water. And uh, so we want to bless them. So if you've got to buy fireworks, buy them there. You know, do something. They're out there today. So if you're going to buy fireworks, get them there and uh, bless those folks. And if, uh, if they're at the counter and they're helping you, you know, don't hold up the line, but bless them and, and uh, pray a prayer of blessing over them as well, and they'll appreciate it. Amen. God's setting those men free. And uh, so get your Bibles. We're going to spend time in the Word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We still got God can do all that and still have time for the teaching. Isn't that wonderful? I just love the way He shows up. He hasn't disappointed me yet. I'm standing there and we're worshiping, and the Lord says, I have a word for Cherish. He goes, in fact, I have a word for several people. Would you just take the time and let that happen? And I'm always like, are you sure, God? 
I used to say, is it just me until I realized that the devil would not tell me to encourage someone in the Lord? <laughs> we talk ourselves out of so many blessings. Is it just me? No, it's not you. God wants to speak. So anyway, uh, let's, let's get our Bibles. and Listen, Bob, I, I'm, I'm extremely uh, blessed that the Lord saw fit to send you here and then to let your car break down so you could stay here and be refreshed at Church of Living Water. Isn't that wonderful? Just, just bless them with refreshing, Lord. Just bless them with refreshing. We're so excited. You've spoken into the life of this ministry for so many years, and, and it's awesome to be able to just speak into you and be, be blessed and encouraged. And, uh, and uh, they're having their car repaired, so if you want to help them pay for it, write them a check. Um, that's just from the Lord. Just make your check payable to Bob Curry and hand it to him to get his car fixed. You receive that? <laughs> I kind of thought he might. It'll be a blessing for you in it. Uh, let's just make our declaration this morning. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It contains many great and precious promises for me. I am who the Bible says I am. I have what the Bible says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. I'll study the word and live according to it because the living word of God is at work in me. Amen. Amen. Before I preach this morning, I want to ask you, Jonathan, I want to ask you a question. What's the dates that you go to uh, 22nd through 26th? We're sending Jonathan for training uh, with Financial Peace University. He's going to be certified by their organization as a Financial Peace University representative here at Church of Living Water. And so I, I want you all to pray for him. He finds favor wherever he goes. People like that guy. I don't know. It's just wonderful. They do. And, uh, but anyway, we just wanted to bless him, and, and, uh, and we'll do that before you go. But I just wanted to tell the folks, we're sending him. He has to go all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. He'll come back a country boy. But anyway, he has to go all the way to Nashville and be in a week of training there. And, uh, and we're blessing him to go, and he'll go representing us, and then he'll come back with further training uh, for the discipleship, the finance, finances are as much a part of discipleship as anything else that you do. And this is the avenue that we've chosen to bless you, uh, to help you in your finances. So when Jonathan says Financial Peace University is, is having an event, y'all need to participate and let God grow you up in your giving, amen, and in your finances. He'll set you free. He'll set you free financially. He'll do it. All right, we've been talking about the fear of the Lord. Last time, last Sunday, we started talking about cultivating uh, an environment where the fear of the Lord can be established in your heart, cultivating the fear of the Lord in you. That may seem unusual for you. That's probably a little different terminology than uh, we might be used to in our culture because we've been taught that anything that has to do with fear is wrong. But... There is, in Scripture, the instruction to fear the Lord. And, uh, and it's in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. It's throughout Scripture. It came before the law, passed through the law, and established after the law. It's in there. And you ought to fear the Lord. 
you ought to fear, the Bible says, do not fear uh, those that can uh, harm you in body, but fear the one who can cast your soul in hell. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's just good old, that's just sensible to have some sense of, of the fear of the Lord. Well, I don't want you to have some unusual fear of the Lord where you're walking around with your hand over your head afraid he's going to hit you with a hammer. We used, to, we used to kind of make fun of that. There was a, because I grew up in Pentecostal Church of God, those folks believed God walked around with a hammer. They had to get deliverance from that, at least the people I grew up with. They thought God was going to slam you at any turn. Well, I figured out because the cross, he wasn't slamming me, but he just wants me to be blessed. But he does say, fear me. And the word says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I've discovered that if we want the wisdom of God to be established in our life, there's only one way to it. That's the fear of the Lord. You cannot have the fullness of the wisdom of God outside an environment of the fear of the Lord. You can't have it. There's only one way to it, the fear of the Lord. So, Psalm 111 and 10, our theme uh, scripture says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs uh, 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's not just talking about worldly knowledge or natural knowledge. That's talking about the knowledge of God. How many would like to have a little bit of the knowledge of God? I mean, the scripture says to us, when he's talking about Christ, he says, Let this mind be in you. So we ought to want some of the knowledge of God. I think it would help us in our, in our generation. I think it would help us uh, raise our children. I know it would help us raise our children because it's helping me raise mine. It's fun to go pray and ask God about your kids and he gives you the answer and you go take care of it the way the Lord says and it all works out the way it's supposed to. That's a blast. It's not fun to stumble around in the dark and wonder how it might turn out. If you're living in the wonder how it might turn out place, I want to help you. Fear the Lord. Pursue wisdom and knowledge and understanding in Him, and you'll quit worrying about how it's going to turn out. You don't have to worry about how it's going to turn out if you walk with God and walk in the fear of the Lord. So um, I'm preaching before I'm preaching. Proverbs uh, 9 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And then the basis for the fear of the Lord, I think, I found in, in Deuteronomy 5 and 29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. I've determined that I don't want it to just be well with me. That's kind of selfish. That's like giving and asking God to bless you with just enough. If you're praying a just enough prayer, stop it. Start praying some abundance prayers. God bless me, bless my socks off. I'll run around with no socks on if he'll bless them off. Bless me abundantly so that I can be a vessel through which you can flow. You got to quit... I didn't know I was going to preach on this. You got to quit hanging on to your stuff so tight that God can't move through you with it. You got to be willing to be poured out so he can pour back in. 
When you empty your bank account out for the kingdom, he'll fill it back up. Quit living in fear. Oh, Lord, I've gone to dancing around a touchy subject. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So So I want you to turn to Proverbs 2. We're going to hang out there for a few minutes. Proverbs 2. Preach on two words this morning, I think. Proverbs chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 1 through 5, and then we're going to go back and start uh, at the top. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. Those of you that received the word of the Lord this morning, you received a personal command from God. Because God doesn't have opinions. He has instructions. Oh, I'm preaching. I got to read. Let me read this, and then I'll get back to this. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment, wow, I heard that word earlier, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that a great promise? Well, whenever I was asking the Lord about this, and he and I have long conversations about his word, he messes with my head. He plays around in my mind. And when I was having a conversation with the Lord about this, and I was saying, Lord, I'm reading this whole chapter. Y'all ought to read all the way down to verse 22. Uh, uh, in Proverbs chapter 2. In fact, you ought to read that daily for a while. Just go back and read it every day and let it become a part of who you are because we certainly can't get into all of it today. But Proverbs 2, verse 1. First two words. What does it say? My son. Now let me help all you ladies. God is not being gender specific here. The Bible said, I'm going to give you, can I give you a lesson here? The Bible said in the beginning, God created man. Man and woman created he them. So when God created man, he created men and women. Are you here? So all of y'all who've been taught that God forgot about women, he didn't forget about women. All of y'all have wondered if, if God liked men better. Get over that stuff. It's the species of man. And they, men are in God and in that species, men and women and children. They're all mankind. So when God says, my son, he's talking not gender specific, he's talking, anybody who's following me. Oh, don't you like that? It's like God getting a bullhorn and say, if you're walking with me, if you're my child. All right, there's some things that you need to understand about scripture. 
There's a lot. We used to sing an old song, every promise in the book is mine. Till I, I read the book and I'm like, I'm not singing that song. There's some things in there that are promised to some bad folks and I don't want those promises. Every promise in the book is not mine. Because there's some promises in there to people who refuse to walk with God. And I've determined to walk with God. So every promise that's for people who've determined to walk with God is mine, but it wouldn't fit in the song. <laughs> but if you want to be rebellious, then you can have every one of those promises. But this promise is to somebody who's determined that they're a child of God. Amen. And so he says, my son, and when he says, my son, he's talking to you ladies too. My children, those who follow after me, those whose heart is after me. If, there's the biggest word in scripture. I've been telling you that. I'm going to tell you again. The biggest word in scripture is if. Anytime you see if, God's giving you a promise that is contingent upon a response. If. So if you want to understand the fear of the Lord, if you want the wisdom and knowledge of God, if you want a deep understanding of the deep things of God, the, the, the word says deep calls unto deep, and the, the deep things of God, it's like the waves or the rolling of the sea that's way down there underneath where you can't see what's going on, and it may look totally calm on the top of the water, but there's a current underneath, and the Bible says that the current of God, the deep things of God is calling unto you. God wants to connect the deep things of God to the deep things of who you are. If, if, well, if what? If you receive my words. If you treasure my commands within you. If. So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If. The big if. Well, God's putting an if in front of you this morning. I want to tell you something. I guess I, I'll talk about this. Do I have time to talk about this? Big thing happened this, this week. As the Supreme Court decided to change the laws of the land. And there's some folks that are really upset. And I've been reading some of their comments. But you know, God's not moved by all that. Oh, he's not happy about it. Don't get me wrong. But he's not moved by it. And, I, and I'm going I'm to share this with you. Do not expect, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Do not expect people who do not know Jesus to live like they do. When you look at scripture and you see the word of the Lord in scripture... And you see expressions like this. He's got things he's saying to you that he isn't saying to those folks. He's got some things he wants to share with you. He's not sharing with people that aren't following after him. So don't get upset. Oh, you ought to vote. You ought to participate in the process. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's all right. You ought, to, you ought to be involved in the process in this nation. And you ought to cry out to God. Because I'm... I won't get myself in trouble yet. Because the nation 
The United States of America is going the way it's going because the church hasn't walked in the fear of the Lord. The United States is going the way it's going because the church is going the way that it's going. Because the word says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So if we want our land to be healed, there's some repentance and there's some uh, things that have to take place in the house of God. When God wants to change a nation, he looks first to the house of God to do it. He's looking for a people who will fear him. We haven't in our nation feared the Lord the way that we're going to fear him in this house. Um, I just love that, how that does that. I don't know where that comes from, but anyway. Listen to Jeremiah 32 and 39. It, it is kind of a cross-reference or a uh, same indication as Deuteronomy 5.29. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me. See, we're living, we're living in an environment now, a pluralistic society, where, where everybody thinks there's many ways. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. And he says right there in Jeremiah uh, 32, uh, 39, I will give them one heart and one way. There's only one way to the wisdom of God, and it's through the fear of the Lord. There's only one way to the fullness of the knowledge of God in the body of Christ. It's through the fear of the Lord. I'll give them one heart and one way. And we don't like one way because one way is narrow and restrictive. But the Bible says narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Oh, we just got to be broad-minded. Well, do that on your own time. Because God hasn't changed. He said the gate is narrow. He said broad's the way that leads to destruction. So if we want to walk in the wisdom of the Lord, we got to fear the Lord and, and say, Lord, you show me that one way. I want, I want to walk in the one way. That is yours. We used to remember back in, in my day, in my generation, nowadays it, it's what would Jesus do, but back in, in my day they had bumper stickers, one way. It's just an arrow pointing that one way. And it expresses the heart of God. There's, there's just one way. And he said, I'm going to put in their heart one way. And do you, do you know that, that when God designs you, parents, listen to me, when he gives you your children or your grandchildren and you're raising them and, you, and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do. But you go to the Father and you ask the Lord, what do I do in these situations? And the Lord will give you the one way. The one way that you ought to deal with. And he'll give you what, that you'll deal with every one of them differently. Because they're all there. He designed every one of them different. You can't just cookie cutter, I'm going to raise all my kids the same. Well, you might give one some liberality that you won't give the other one because one will submit to you and the other one's going to walk in a little bit of rebellion. There's only one way. Go find out from God what it is. But the only way to find out from God what it is is to be able to hear his voice. So you've got to tune your ear to hear the wisdom of God. And the way that you tune your ear to hear the wisdom of God is, is you go before the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't even know what the fear of the Lord is. I don't know how it feels to fear the Lord. I, I've been taught not to fear anything, but yet there is this, this thing that needs to happen in my heart so that I can walk in the appropriate measure of the fear of the Lord that is, that is appropriate to my life. So work that out in me. 
been plenty of times I've read instructions from God and said, I don't even know what that means. Would you show me what that means? Would you work that out in me? So I don't know how even that's supposed to arise in your life, but I do know that a prayer is supposed to come forth from your lips. And you're supposed to go before the Lord, and you're supposed to say, Lord, pastor's been teaching on the fear of the Lord, and, and I don't know how that's supposed to look in my life. I don't want to walk around with, with my hand on my head going, oh my God, the hand of the Lord is going to whack me up the side of the head. I don't want to walk that way. But I do know, especially if you've raised children, you understand what it is to put a little bit of the fear of mom and daddy in them. I won't get you, boy. You'll know what that feels like. Well, there's a little bit of that in God. He doesn't change. Go ask Ananias and Sapphira. There is a little bit of that in God. I guess we ought to talk about correction. Do I have time? Maybe this week, maybe next week. I learned something about, about correction. We do need to, to have the fear of the Lord. You have to understand the correction that comes from God. Amen. And I learned something about God. He deals with nations. He'll correct nations. He deals with people groups. He'll correct people groups. And he deals with his kids. Now, the way that I really learned something about judgment in this study, because there's times in scripture, you know, when, when Noah got in the ark, God dealt with everybody. You don't want to walk with me? I'm done with you. I'll start over. He made him. He had a right to do it. You may not like it. I don't particularly like it. But I decided that I'm going to agree with him whether I like it or not. He's God. So he put the little rainbow in the sky. He did not put the rainbow in the sky to endorse homosexuality. He put the rainbow in the sky to make a promise to men that he wouldn't flood the earth again and destroy them all with water. Lord, help me stay on track. So at that point in time, at in, in, in that time in history, God was dealing with the whole earth. If you read Revelation, you're going to find out that there's a time in history coming that God's going to deal with the whole earth again. But in the season of time that we're living in, until that time arises, he deals with his kids. And then if you look at the pattern of judgments within the Old Testament, most times judgment came either on his kids for disobedience or on people who picked on his kids. Nations who picked on Israel got picked on by God. So most times, when there's correction from God, it's either that he's dealing with his kids or he's dealing with people who are picking on him. That's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Their sin was great, and God said he was destroying them because their sin was great. But if you look in, in uh, 2 Peter, uh, when, when, uh, when uh, God dealt with, uh, delivered Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Peter explains why God dealt with Sodom and Gomorrah the way that he did. Listen, I'm going to read it to you. Is that all right? Yes. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 7. Delivered Lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. That wicked society was affecting his kids. You know how I know it? Let me, let me help you. I'll finish it. Be careful. We'll be here all day. For the righteous 
man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot was living there and he liked, he liked all the wonderful advantages of being in city life. In fact, when the, if you read that passage, when the angel of the Lord came and told him to flee into the mountains, he said, no, 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 at least let me go into a small town. Please don't make me go on the mountain. I am not a mountain man. I don't want to chop my own wood. I like running water. I like living near the well. Please don't send me into the mountains. It's cold up there. And he had this whole thing with, with the man of God. And so the angel of the Lord says, all right, you go in that little city. I'll, I'll destroy all of them but that one. Sodom and Gomorrah were not the only two cities. I think there's eight or ten cities in the plains. All the cities of the plains were destroyed except the one that Lot chose to go to. Listen to what he said. Listen to what verse 9 says. This tells you why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plains. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. That's what he said. God dealt with them because they were messing with his kids. Because they were inappropriately influencing the life of the righteous. You, that ought to encourage you. It ought to encourage you that God will mess with people that will mess with you. Oh, man, let somebody go picking on you because of your faith. Let them go picking on you because you're, and, and, and seeing that you're a believer, and they start doing you wrong. Lord, help the guy. I've been praying for this guy. I told you about that car I bought where the pink slip had been tampered with and things were not as they were said. Lord, help that guy. He done, he done picked on the supply of a believer. Lest God be merciful, he, he's in trouble. And I know that in my spirit, and I've prayed for him, and I've asked the Lord to help me be forgiving to him so he don't get totally messed up for messing with the people of God. It's a scary deal. It's the truth. That's the fear of the Lord. I understand the fear of the Lord, so I get really nervous when people start messing with God's people. These cities that won't let churches build churches, look out. A day of reckoning is coming upon your head. I'm just teaching you the fear of the Lord. You following me? So, he says that the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. In Lot's case, he says, I'm going to deliver the godly out of temptation. I'm just going to wipe them out the way. I'm going to wipe them out. We're talking about God who never changes. I'm going to tell you why he dealt with Ananias and Sapphira the way that he did. Because what they were doing would have got up in the hearts of the other people if God would have let it slide. Somebody would have said, well, if they can get away with it, I can do it. If, if they can go lie to the apostles, then I can go lie to the apostles. So God says, let's snip that one right now. You following me? Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Now, let's read those first five verses again. 
my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. I hear a cry coming out of your prayer room. You follow me? I hear, I hear a cry by the Spirit coming up out of you in your prayer time with God, saying, oh God, I'm lifting up my voice for understanding. There's some things that, that I have yet to understand. There's some places in you that I want to walk. There's some things that, about you that I want to know. Lord, there's some, some blessing that comes from knowing you that I want to see applied in my life. There's some good things that you want to get to me that only come through knowledge and understanding. And so, Lord, I cry out to you for wisdom and for understanding. It sounds, it sounds like there's a, 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 an instruction for passionate prayer. You follow that? It sounds like there's an instruction if you cry out for discernment. Kate, the Lord spoke to you about discernment. So now you get on your face before the Lord and you go, oh Lord, you promised discernment. I cry out for discernment. Let me sense and know the, 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 wind, the blowing of the Spirit. Let me sense and know when the Spirit is moving and when things are coming in that want to disrupt the moving of the kingdom of God in the earth and the moving of the Spirit of God in the earth when things come in where the enemy wants to bring a stumbling to me. Let the discernment come on. Oh God, restore discernment in your house. But it sounds like there's an effort being made on the part of the believer here, if you apply your heart to understanding, you know what apply. You, do you know what apply your heart to understanding means? It means that when we get understanding, we walk in it. I'll be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That whenever God shows me something, I've got to be quick to honor it and to obey it in my life. He might make you do something nice for that crabby neighbor just so you can show the love of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I want more love in my life. I want more of your love in my life. He's like, go next door and take so-and-so a cake. He's been cussing you out all week. Oh, I got to bake a cake for grumpy neighbor? Huh? Yeah, John, you've been feeding your neighbors. You, you bless them. Grumpy as they get. The grumpier they get, the nicer you ought to get. That's wisdom. But see, if we don't respond to wisdom as he delivers it to us, you don't get more. You become stopped up. And then you get as grumpy as a neighbor. And how many know grumpy begats grumpy? <laughs> Pretty soon you just live in a whole grumpy environment. Somebody has to stop being grumpy. Amen. Get off the grumpy train. I don't know who that's for. Somebody's living next door to a nasty neighbor. Listen, if you cry for discernment and you lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver. How many of you, if you saw that there was a treasure available to you, you wouldn't go running after it? You'd be crazy if you didn't. Just pursue after that blessing. Somebody offered you a, a, a good job that pays double what you're making. Now, how many of you wouldn't jump at the chance? We'd go, oh, go for that. Well, 
He's telling you that this is more valuable than that. If one of you inherit a silver mine and you don't go mine it, I'm going to get up in your face, right? You would go after it. Well, God is saying, I'm putting in front of you a silver mine. Would you mine it? Would you go after it? Would you dig it out? Would you dig out the wisdom and the understanding of God? And he says, if you'll do that, if you'll run after, if you will pursue, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure. Cherish, that's what's going to happen in your life as you sit down with the Word of God and your, your, your little notebook beside you and you're going to open up the Word of God and you're going to read it and there's going to be those seasons where you go, this is just dead words to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. Read it again. Pray over it again. Analyze it to death. Write your little notes. Think about it. Go pray about it again. You know what I do if I want to hear from if I really want to hear from God and I'm not and I feel like I'm not hearing from God and I want to really cultivate hearing from the Lord after I've spent my time in prayer and I've spent my time in the Word I take some part of the Word and I let it be the last thing I do before I go to bed I read a little bit of the Word of God and it just go in there all night long it's just in there in my brain you know that you know the spirit doesn't go to sleep so you give the spirit something to chew on. And you wake up in the morning with understanding you didn't have once you went to bed. By cultivating, just cultivate that. God, come on in, speak to me. Speak to me. But that's how you seek her as silver and you search for her as hidden treasure. If somebody told you there's $100,000 buried in your backyard somewhere, I bet you'd all dig up your grass. But yet we won't spend the time we'd spend digging up our grass to look for $100,000. We'd, we'd spend all week long digging up our grass, but we won't spend all week long in the Word of God. But he's telling us there's hidden treasure for life, for long life, for blessing. He says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints, his kids. He preserves the way of his kids. He preserves the way of those who will follow after him. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. It's the whole reason for, for pursuing the fear of the Lord, because God has some good paths for you. You'll understand them. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, work this out in me. Oh, God, work in me the fear of the Lord that is right for, for someone in my generation, Lord, to have that understanding of you. Work it out in my heart, Lord. Help me. Oh, God, I'm like Thomas who said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Oh, Lord, I, I see that I'm supposed to fear you. Would you help me understand the things that I don't understand so that I can walk close to you? Oh, brasa, brasa,
Thank you, Lord, for showing up today. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us. Thank you for leading us. In these things we give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you need to tell the Lord, I want the right dose of the fear of the Lord. I want the understanding of what pastor's talking about. I want this rooted in my life. I want this foundation in me. I want the wisdom and the knowledge of God. I want all that you are, Lord. I want all that you are. 